Good morning, everyone. Once again, Bob Pompiani here in the microphone, and it is Billy Steinbach behind the glass. Taking your calls, a.k.a. Pomp Jr., give him a call, and we'll discuss some of the issues that are going on in Pittsburgh sports right now on what a beautiful day for um, anything, actually. And quite frankly, I need to mention the weather because it's been horrific for so long. Yesterday was such a nice day and a beautiful night for baseball, 33,000 on hand on a fireworks night as the Pirates won a game, and they did it in under three hours. Uh, and today, another beautiful day. Tomorrow should be as well. It's good to get some sunshine here in the forecast. The Penguins, we're going to start with them, and I'll get back to the Pirates in a bit. But also, we have our Naked and Afraid segment coming up. That's a new segment brought to you by Le'Veon Bell. Naked and Afraid. Stay tuned for that a little bit later in the broadcast. Meanwhile, the Penguins, you know, on a day where the NHL dreads, there's a lot of rumor and speculation about who might go, who might stay, uh, are they going to make a deal, whatever the case may be. And I'm not just talking about the Penguins. I'm talking about every team. Not one trade was made other than a swap of draft picks that the Flyers in Arizona got into. That was it. I thought there would be a lot more activity, and there still may be. The one thing about this is you get all the GMs together, 31 of them sitting in a room with all their execs, there is open conversation, and sometimes it's much better. You could plant seeds right here. And that's not to say the Penguins are going to make any trades because Jim Rutherford kind of dismissed a lot of that last night. We had him on the show this week with uh, Cook and Joe, and I was in with uh, Ron Cook, and he basically said that he's going to listen, and he should listen. Every, every good GM will listen to any offer someone wants to call about. Then you could dismiss it if you want, or if it's good enough, you can talk about it and move forward with it. So far, nothing with regard to Phil Kessel, who's done what he can to remain in Pittsburgh. He's vetoed a trade. From what I understand, there was another one out there that he was not too hot with, and that ended quickly. And will he be traded? I still think he will be. But we'll find out uh, as this offseason goes on. Meantime, Rutherford told the assembled media in Vancouver last night it is highly unlikely that Malkin or Latang. And let me say this about Chris Latang because I've been talking about this quite a bit, and I believe it. He should not be traded. Chris Latang is one of those guys who you need to play the way he plays. Now, minus the turnovers. I get it. In that Islanders series, he was extremely sloppy. I thought. He was just trying to do too much when he didn't have to. But this is a guy who skates 25 minutes a night, ladies and gentlemen. That's hard to do unless you're good at all over the ice issues. If you look at some of the numbers, five on five when he's on the ice versus when he's not on the ice, it's a big difference. And quite frankly, if you're going to let that series with the Islanders dictate your thought here, you shouldn't. Look at the regular season. Uh, The Norris voting came out. He finished sixth overall in the Norris. That's pretty good. And then, on top of that, when you add some of the contracts we've seen this week in NHL free agency, then you realize he's actually quite a bit of a bargain here at what he makes. Uh, And just look, uh, Eric Carlson, who's a defenseman uh, with the San Jose Sharks, and he signed before he got to the free agent window, and that's because he's going to get $11 million a year. You know, Chris Letang makes $4 million less a year than Eric Carlson. I'm sorry, but Letang is every bit – as Eric, Eric Carlson's better, yes, I agree, but not by much. And I think Latang is a perfect fit. He needs to be here if Mike Sullivan continues to be the coach and employ the system he employs. Now, that leads to another question, because at some point you're going to have expiring contracts. One of those who it applies is Justin Schultz. Justin Schultz is a guy who plays that same way, but he's also making over $5 million a year, and if he goes to free agency, he's going to want a lot more, likely, especially what we've seen from some of these contracts. Another one that blew me away was Kevin Hayes. And this is why when the Penguins signed their core players to long-term deals at the time, it seemed like a lot of money. But as time goes on, you realize 
they're getting away with far less than some of these guys are making. Crosby makes, what, 8.7 a year? You see some of these deals that some of these people are getting now, and he's making three, four million less than some of those guys. Kevin Hayes, one time in his career, he scored over 20 goals, and he was signed by the Flyers to an enormous contract uh, that pays him over seven million a year. So, is he that kind of player? I don't think so. Is he worth that much? Well, the market says he is, which dictates other market signings down the road. So that's why I think the Penguins right now are in pretty good shape here when it comes to their core players and what they make. Now, it was a little disappointing, I'm sure, for them to see the salary cap go up just slightly, less than a million a year. They were expecting a little bit more than that, which gives them more wiggle room because they're up against it. But at the same time, they got their core together. And I'd like to hear from those of you out there who think that, you know, you can look at this a lot of different ways. One way that here in Pittsburgh people aren't looking at it as this way. The Penguins are still a team that registered 100 points. Yes, they got bounced and swept in the first round. But they're still a team capable with this core team. I know they're getting older, but Boston proved that you could be in your 30s and still be efficient, that you can still win. Now, should they make more deals? They traded Olimata. Yeah, they got Dominic Cahoon, who looks like a good speedy player who can help them. I suspect there'll be more deals, and I do not rule out a trade for Kessel at some point. At this point, it ain't happening, but we'll see. By the way, the Penguins move on today after they pick Samuel Poulin in the first round, and Poulin's a guy who's not going to be heard from quite a while, but he's a big guy, 6'1", 212, and he ends up being the 21st overall pick, the Penguins' number one pick in first in five years. Uh, you know, he's, he's a good player who needs some time and needs some bulk. Uh, former NHL forward Patrick Poulin is his father, just like Kasperi Kapanen and his dad was in the NHL. And I think the Penguins made pretty good use of this first-round pick, given that the the kid reportedly, according to Central Scouting, is good in, in all the stuff you would want him to be good at. Uh, he can play center or wing, face-offs, uh, and he can play anywhere in the lineup, from what we understand. Today they'll have the fourth pick, 98th overall. They have two fifth-round picks and two seventh-round picks. So they don't have a second, they don't have a third. They have a fourth, two fifths, no sixth, and two sevenths. 412-928-9370. You can hit me up at Twitter, at KD Pump is the number. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll also get into some pirate talk here in a bit. NBA talk, and their uh, draft was this week as well. 